Because I can control the weather, they call me Storm. Welcome to This Week in Nerd News, your one-stop shop for all of the pop culture you may have missed this week. Brought to you by the Black Nerd Problems Broadcasting Network. I am your host, Mikkel Snyder. And I am your host, Keith Weekly. It is still January. It is supposedly 2021. I believe that. That's what the calendar says. You still trust calendars? I mean, I think I have to, right? Because like that... The calendar also says when I get my paychecks and like I need those paychecks to pay to pay things um, ostensibly, right? Ostensibly. Yes, for all the content we consume. That makes sense. And we, we consume a lot of content. And for example, I myself have been consuming Digimon Adventures colon, which is the reboot of Digimon Adventures 01, which had its sequel 02 and try and they just rebooted the entire thing from scratch, right? And it's been great. It's been going on for, like, the past, like, several months. This segment is not about uh, Digimon, Digital Monsters. Digimon are the champions. That was just a lead-in to talking about a equal fondness for a different monster series, Pokemon, um, which is a franchise that, like, I know Keith has an immense fondness for. A lot of our peers have have lots of memories of Pokemon Red and Blue, a lot of generations after that as well. There's just a certain joy in leveling a young Bulbasaur to a level 99 Venusaur, using those oversized guidebooks with all of the fancy photos to figure out the best way to use the Master Ball, and waiting to use the Master Ball as you get that Mewtwo after you do that final dungeon, which was hell without that guide. And then there was the despair of having a younger sibling override that save file accidentally, and then you develop a deep resolve to get a little bit more bare move of data security as a result. All of this to say, right? I have skipped generations of the main games, I haven't played every single Mystery Dungeons out there, and I haven't touched Sword and Shield since I completed most of the content Crown Tundra had to offer a couple months ago. But Pokemon is good and wholesome, and this week was the franchise's uh, 25th anniversary. That's two and a half decades of joy stemming from these pocket monsters and singing, I wanna be the very best, like no one ever was. I'm not singing the entire lyric. I copied like six stanzas. We weren't gonna do that. We might have done that. I definitely was trying to figure out the ad-libs and everything. Okay, next time. In any case, that theme song is iconic. You will recognize it. You will sing along with it at the top of your lungs whenever you hear it because it's your destiny. In any case, 25 years, big landmark, quarter of a century, lots of way to say this number. And Nintendo celebrated this by announcing two really cool things. Per their website, Pokemon will continue the, the tradition of being wholesome and a unifying universal force in the world by joining with another unifying universal force music. Headlined by pop icon Katy Perry, the star-studded program created in partnership with the Universal Music Group, um, the world leader in music-based entertainment, accompanies a fan-focused activation celebrating 25 years of Pokemon across the franchise's portfolio of video games, mobile apps, animation, merchandise, and more. 
All of that to say is that they're putting out a lot of Pokemon-themed music, and that is a good thing, because Pokemon-themed music is great. Um, when Crown Tundra came out last month, they did a uh, collaboration with Bump of Chicken to release a really great song that I still listen to just every day while I'm going to the grocery store, while I'm working, just, just every day. And the other thing that they did is that they finally, after 22 years, put out a trailer for a sequel to Pokemon Snap called New Pokemon Snap. And it shows the footage of a new Pokemon photographer in the region of Lentil. Lentil? One of those things? One of them? It's fine. But you basically play a Pokemon photographer. You have a camera on a fixed wheel track uh, vehicle as it travels around this island documenting various wildlife. And this is one of the most beloved spin-offs of the main RPG series, and fans have been begging for a very, very long time for a sequel to this game, and we're finally getting one on, like, the perfect device, which is the Switch, which is just the perfect console for a lot of different games. And I'm just excited for the ability to live up my dreams of being a Pokemon scientist, photographer type person. It's gonna be great. I'm excited to to get back into the Neo 1 and take pictures of Pokemon and then capture the landmarks at the perfect angle and, you know, the constellation of Mew and the... You, you, you know all of us. I don't need to tell you. Do you know all of us? I don't know how much Pokemon Snap you played. <laughs> Sir, I own Pokemon Snap growing up as a kid, so I'm well aware of all of this. Like, I was literally talking to my roommate and good friend earlier this week about how, hey, new Pokemon Snap game's coming out. And he's like, which one was that again? I'm like, oh, you don't know? And... What I realized is I was explaining the premise of the game to him, which is like, it's a game where back the original version, at least, you would ride in a cart on the track and just take pictures of Pokemon that it sounded simple. So then I had to go and try again and explain like, oh, I think what the fascination of Pokemon Snap was, at least for myself, anecdotally, was it was my first chance being able to see Pokemon in their natural habitats and just how they live their lives and everything. Now, the only difference there was you couldn't interact with them, which is where I think we now connected those two ideas in modern Pokemon games and everything. But I imagine with new Pokemon Snap, you won't be stuck just all riding along on a cart the entire time. And like that's pretty much all you can do. But there is beauty in because you could have three you have 360 degrees of perspective there and every time you do go down the track you can take a picture of something different it's always something new to see no matter which direction you look at so that game was fascinating so yes i do know a lot about pokemon snap and this is actually a game that might get me to go back to my nintendo switch because since i've gotten off ps5 it's kind of been collecting dust for a couple weeks <laughs> so i mean if pokemon content is what I need to get me to play my Switch. I'm all for that, actually, because I also haven't played Sword and Shield since I got through the story mode, and these, and I haven't even touched any expansion packs yet, actually. I still got to do that. So I turned 29 this year, and it's celebrating its 25th anniversary, meaning that Pokemon is basically one of the first things that I remember. Like, I got my Game Boy from my grandmother because she had Super Mario Brothers and played it all the time, then she stopped, and I just kind of took it. And then I would go to school for summer school, and my friends were all playing red and blue. And by the time that I was finally able to get my mom to convince, me to convince her to get a Pokemon game, she got me yellow. So that was my first game. And that's what got me in everything. And then it was just always there. So, like, in different capacities, whether it be the Game Boy games or, like, the various ones they tried to do on, like, in-home consoles. Back when COVID happened and, like, I was looking for a new job, I definitely applied for a job at the Pokemon company. And, like, I was so serious about that that I even added recruiters on LinkedIn. I messaged them and had conversations and all that stuff. Never happened and things worked out for the best. But I was fully committed to, like, making Pokemon my 24-7 job. I mean, that that's the dream, isn't it? 
In any case, you're forgetting something about Pokemon Snap. Oh, you can interact with them by, like, playing with them or anything, but, like, you could throw items oh, at yeah. them. You could, like, there was, like, things that you had to do, or, like, there were Pokemon that, like, would be hiding, so you would, like, toss a ball to, like, get them to come out or toss them food. And there was one where, like, you very specifically had to, like, chuck something at it in order to knock it down from a tree, so that way it would, like, get on a surfboard later on, and then you would take a photo of that. Like, the games were surprisingly in-depth for, like, how much you can manipulate the environment to get a cool photo. Yeah, I mean, now that you mention it, I seem to have, like, some very strict, like, very, very, like, memory of, like, hitting something in the head with a Pokeball and it getting mad at me just because yeah. I could, right? So thank you very much for reminding me of that fact. And also, as well, I think Pokemon Snap came out in 1999, yeah. which... Just looking at the number 1999 seems so long ago, given that it's now 2021. And given I played this game, this is proof that I've been playing Pokemon for 20 years now. Longer. Longer, yeah. Wow. This this and Harry Potter has kind of always been there. And Supernatural. Those those are the (laughs) things. Alright, and with that, let's go ahead and head into segment two real quick for some, like, fun movie news that happened this week. Or didn't happen? We'll leave it up for you to decide. A lot of MCU fans got really excited early this week as rumors started to fly around that Chris Evans was returning to the MCU in his role as Steve Rogers, a.k.a. Captain America. Speculation was that while he wouldn't be returning to head up his own films again, he was going to come back in a guest-starring role in someone else's. Given that we just said goodbye to an older, retired Captain America and Avengers Endgame, the storyline wrapped up pretty beautifully, actually, this seemed to be a bit too soon for him to make a return to me, personally. And as many other fans were also skeptical, Evans joined in on the fun by tweeting, and I quote, News to me, shrug emoji, later that same day. (laughs) Now, Marvel is known for either keeping news under wraps or being steadfast about denying slash ignoring it until they're good and ready to announce. I mean, for example, Haley Steinfeld didn't even confirm she was playing Kate Bishop in Hawkeye until a week after pictures leaked of her in a purple outfit with a bow and arrow. We all knew. They knew that we knew, but they just couldn't go on record to say anything, right? So, the jury's still out on if this was just an unsubstantiated rumor or true and something we'll see develop down the line. But one thing is clear. A lot of people want Chris Evans back in the MCU, in some capacity. Even if he's just being an elderly gentleman that's retired and being a mentor to Sam, Bucky, or anyone else that needs a good talking to from time to time. And it's now also clear that Chris Evans also knows this. So maybe if this, none of this was true at all, this may have been an example of like something that's thrown against the wall to see what sticks, and then down the road, it actually becomes true. That's like it's just great fan service. You never know. I saw a tweet when this was being spread on the internet uh, as rumors tend to be spread on the internet that basically said sort of like Chris Evans Captain America had a very complete narrative arc but you know who didn't have a complete narrative arc Johnny Storm and I kind of love this idea of Chris Evans coming back as Johnny Storm and that is how they weld the Fantastic Four into the MCU Uh, I will not be taking further questions at this time you know, you don't think you want to take any questions. You're going to get a whole lot of commentary on that, sir. So, first of all, the problem that I have with that is, if we start with Chris Evans, where do we stop? Does that mean we got to get Jessica Alba back as well? Like, is that what we're doing here? Like, we gotta get I mean, him? maybe, and then maybe Miles Teller from, like, the other one, and then Michael oh. B. Jordan comes back, and he plays both, like, the new Black Panther, and then his Johnny Storm, <laughs> and, then, and then Killmonger. 
and then you get all of the Spider-Men back, and that's already happening in canon, apparently, with Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield. so, like, you can't ignore that, and then Jamie Foxx as well, so, like, I think you just blend all of the MCUs, and, like, even the fake MCUs, and then all of the X-Men together, right? So then we get Patrick Stewart alongside James McAvoy, um, it's comic book rules, right? Like, just, just the hell with it. Let's go. Let's do it. All of it. Everyone. So it's starting to sound to me like post-Endgame MCU is going to be a big writing exercise on how to make things make sense. <laughs> and that's pretty much all we're getting here. Uh, yes. I don't know. I don't know how this is supposed to go. Like Now, personally, I've talked about this on the show before, but like the whole Sam Wilson as Captain America storyline in Marvel Comics is actually one of my favorite runs ever. Like Sam Caps, I prefer to call it. Like... That was actually one of the first titles that I reviewed for Black Nerd Problems back when I was still reviewing comics. And I got really, really attached to it in a variety of ways. And one thing that I love there the most is that Steve Rogers was still there in the capacity as an older man who no longer had the super soldier serum. That was just there to be a mentor to Sam and a voice of reassurance that, hey, you're not me, I'm not you, but like you're meant to be this. And like you can be Captain America in your own right and you're totally valid in this. And like you can do things that I can never do. And watching Sam's transformation into that Captain America role. So getting, seeing him get, seeing Sam get that shield from Steve at the end of Endgame was the first inkling of that moment to me. And I loved it and my eyes lit up and everything. And then seeing that we're getting a whole series about that also gives me like, cool, we're going to get more of those moments. Now we're not going to get. We're probably, I won't say never, but we're probably not going to get Chris Evans and Steve Rogers in the Falcon um, in the Falcon, Falcon Winter Soldier series. But this does let me hope, give me hope that somewhere down the road we might get some of that Steve Rogers mentorship for Sam Wilson down the line. So, more seriously, I think my thing right now is that the arc was completed. Like, Steve Rogers had an entire narrative arc that had a definite conclusion that felt good like you said like that was there there was an arc and it's nice having closure and nice being able to like move on to things and like let those characters like have their happy ending i feel like because of the pandemic because of chadwick boseman's passing right a lot of the plans for like the future mcu uh phase two or phase 17 whichever one we're on right now have been in, like, constant flux and constant shifts because, like, all of the plans have been thrown out the window. Production schedules are completely out of whack. We have WandaVision right now, and that that's about all the content we're going to be getting for, for a bit. And WandaVision's been good, right? And I don't know how much of this rumor is actually grounded in, like, somebody did call Chris Evans and be like, so, hey, we need you to come back for a spell. And I don't know how much of this is people just being bored on the internet. But I like, I liked Steve Rogers' arc, and I liked how it ended, and it, it made sense. And I was ready to get new stories with new characters that did not need this older cast to be there in order to justify it, right? Like, that's, that's a thing. What sort of like, oh, we'll get you invested by getting the other people who you already know to be invested. So it's like, no, I'm already in this. Like, just just show me the new people. Just, like, get there. Let them grow on their own. And, like, have that legacy be there. But you don't need the character. So that's where I'm at, personally. It's just sort of like, I don't need this. It would be cool. But, like, eh. Eh. And before we go to our break, real quick, I just wanted to say... This hope and optimism is largely just me being greedy. <laughs> That's really all this is because if we never see Chris Evans play Captain America ever again in life, 
I'll be happy because he was like one of the main foundational points of the MCU to this point. His story started well, it ended well. Like I would say he has probably the best trilogy out of any of the characters that got trilogies in the MCU thus far. And that was great. I'll take that. And not only that, but his legacy does move on because the shield has moved on. Bucky's still in existence. Like other characters in the Captain America story are still around doing good things. So again, this is just me being greedy and being hopeful because I want more good things and we all deserve more good things in this year or Yes, in this year still, <laughs> but that's all. But with that, we will head into a break and come back for our last segment. All right, everyone, it's the final segment of the episode, and you know what that means. Another thrilling entry in the Streaming War Saga, which this week we're going to dedicate to an all-new service, All Black. Take us away, Keith. What? Did you not hear about All Black? I did not. Oh, oh, All Black is a streaming service full of All Black content. Yeah, All Black featuring all of these shows like The Available Wife and Monogamy and Love on a Two-Way Street and I Got the Hookup 2. Oh, uh, wow. <laughs> so yeah, this was a bit. I was trying to get Keith back for introducing us to Quibi many, many moons ago. We're not actually going to talk about All Black. Maybe, maybe one day. Maybe if the audience demands it. We're actually here to talk about Netflix's latest Gambit, which is not the Queen's Gambit. It's actually their announcement that they're going to release a movie every week, every week of 2021. Uh, they had a sizzle reel featuring Ryan Reynolds, The Rock, and Cal Godot, where they just said, like, here are 50-plus movies that we're going to roll out this year. Every week, a new movie in 2021. Can't say that in really any more ways. It's just a lot of content that Netflix is saying, like, we're gonna do this, we're just gonna put all of these out, and you're gonna watch it, because that's what the algorithm demands. And we're not gonna list every single movie that's gonna come out, but there are some highlights from me and Keith that we do want to share, because, like, there's some really exciting stuff that would have been exciting regardless of whether or not it was part of this 51 week rollout or 52 weeks how many weeks in a year time is fake i don't know anymore in any case uh, my top three movies that i'm really looking forward to are to all the boys i've loved before always and forever this is the third movie in that trilogy you gotta love lana condor She's an incredible actress. She's done a lot of great work with that franchise, and I'm excited to see it come to its conclusion. Uh, you have The Princess Switch Free with Vanessa Hudgens, our Christmas movie queen. I'm not sure I like The Princess Switch 2 all that much, but like I enjoy Vanessa Hudgens as, as an actress, and I enjoy that franchise just... It's camp. It's Christmas fun. It is what it is. I have no illusions about anything else. And... Probably the thing I'm most excited for is Troll Hunters Rise of the Titans. This is the epic conclusion to Guillermo del Toro's Tales of Arcadia epic, which is going to cap three different series that Netflix has produced with DreamWorks, uh, Troll Hunters, Free Below, and Wizards. This is all very exciting. It's a big presentation, feature film type stuff for what is one of like the greatest animated series franchises probably available in the streaming service right now. If you haven't checked it out, please do so right away. It's gonna be it's gonna be a good time. Keith, what are your highlights for Netflix's Gambit? Well, first, do you remember back when Netflix was just the place where old shows would go to like get birth again, and they just never imagined have their original content? Well, look at where we are now. Like more than one movie per week. 
But as far as things I'm looking forward to, top of my list, I have Escape from Spiderhead, which is a movie that stars Chris Hemsworth, Miles Teller, and Jenny Smollett. And honestly, I'm only interested in this because one of the cast, but like, if it's half as good as Distraction was and had no right to be, sign me up. Chris Evans doing Netflix movies, I'm all for it. Wait, wait, Next Chris up, Hemsworth. Next up, I have a film called Don't... Chris Hemsworth, sorry, Chris Hemsworth, yes. Too many Chris's this episode. And next we have Don't Look Up. And the premise of this film is a pair of astronomers try to warn everyone on Earth that a giant meteorite will destroy the planet in six months, which we probably don't quite need, given the way the world is looking right now. But it also has Leonardo DiCaprio, Jennifer Lawrence, Timothy Chalamet, and Chris Evans, right Chris that time, all on the cast. Like, that's... And Netflix got the money, and I just want to see what happens when they put all these people like on a movie that I can watch in my living room at any time, right? And lastly, we have, as you would guess, a film called Red Notice, starring Dwayne Johnson, Ryan Reynolds, and Gal Gadot, all sharing screen time together. They hosted the sizzle reel that we saw, announcing all of these heaps and heaps of movies that we're going to be seeing. And also, I remember actually like when they had they first started reproducing films or going back to producing films that got shut down because of the pandemic. This is one of the ones I remember being the first one I saw. Like, what are Ryan Reynolds and The Rock doing together so much? And this clearly is what they were working on the entire time. And I'm just excited to see what the actual final result of that will be. One of the cool things about The Real is that, like, it featured all of the actors and a couple of the directors as well who were so sort of like, this is my first movie that I get to do. And that that's really cool. And to your point, right? Like, Netflix was just, like, here's all of the shows that we're just going to keep there and you're going to watch it because you like comfort food as food. And then they made this shift. It's just sort of like, what if we make our own exclusive content? And it's become this empire that's become unparalleled in a lot of different ways, which is sort of like Netflix is an entity unto itself that has the ability to throw money at literally anything it wants it to. And it's disappointing in some ways, right? Because, like, it's very clearly, like, producing series to, like, get that initial investment. And then it's sort of like, well, it's not making as much as we want off some vague metric that we will never see as as uh, consumers of the content. But it's also meant, like, we've gotten, like, one day at a time. And, like, that existed. And then it got passed off. Like, we've reached a point where, like, Netflix is letting shows die and other places are re-picking them up. Like full circle like the the whole life thing right it's it's wild and and like and then sometimes they just latch onto a series for no real apparent reason like why did we have so many seasons of 13 reasons why i do not know we will never know but at the same time i just finished the third season of disenchantment and like i loved it and like it's gonna keep going and they've they've done a lot of good stuff they've given platforms to like lots of good content creators and i i'm glad netflix has been very stalwart in being consistent with like we're gonna give you content how much of this content you're gonna prescribe who who really knows but like they they've been consistent in their delivery and i i appreciate them for that among all of the streaming services yeah, I mean, so maybe we got a lot in this as a real that we didn't get to, but can we take a quick moment to talk about Halle Berry maybe directing a cage fighting movie? Yeah. And I'm very excited about that because we saw her in John Wick. She won't have dogs this time, and she's still going to do some pretty amazing things, right? You don't know she won't have dogs this time. You, we, you're right. We don't know she won't have dogs. I hope she has dogs because <laughs> last time she had some, it was amazing. <laughs> I, hope, I hope all Halle Berry movies just feature a sequence where she's just fighting with the dogs. 
Yes. I just All assume she kept the dogs afterwards. Those dogs seem like they really liked Halle Berry. I, I don't know. Yes, I mean, it, I, and I'm down with her fight with any kind of dog. Like, have a fight with a Pomeranian. I want to see what that looks like, too. Like, just let it happen. <laughs> see how it goes. But we're definitely getting a lot of opportunities here and everything. Like, I think Limo and Miranda's directing his very first film through this process. But one thing I'm curious about is, how long do studios hold on to films where definitely had this kind of a backlog to release 70-something films in a year? Like, that means that they're all either done or almost done now. If we're going to be getting throughout the year, like, where did this come from? But Hollywood inside of stuff that I'll never know unless I get invited to Hollywood. We'll see. Hollywood, call me. It's truly staggering, right? And, like, we also, like, see this with, like, other platforms, which is sort of, like, they have a surprising depth of stuff that, like, is just buried somewhere and that they choose to, like, bring it out and sort of, like... Hey HBO Max, what do you have this week? It's sort of like, well, here's everything. It's like, how, when did all of this come out? When did you have time to make all of this? And and then you have places like Disney Plus, which is sort of like, here's everything from the past century of our content. Enjoy, enjoy. Yeah, there's no more vault anymore. It's all here. <laughs> so it's wild. The streaming wars continue to be our consistent segment of news and and debauchery and. I'm here for it because it's it's entertaining watching this media arms race. It really yes. is. It is, and this is something we'll look back on finally. I imagine just given how it develops. Yes. But with that, we're going to end our show this week, as we do all of our shows up to this point, with a lightning round. Because we can't get to every piece of news that happened this week, but we still want to let you know about some of the other things that are going on that we didn't get to devote an entire segment to. So with that being said, we're going to start off with saying that Deadpool 3 will officially be set in the MCU, which means one thing. All the crossovers! We'll see who Deadpool gets to interact with in this next film. It should be fun. The Hogwarts Legacy video games release has been pushed back to 2022 to get more time for development and not at all to get more distance from J.K. Rowling. The creator and writer of the John Wick series are creating a Dungeons & Dragons television series, which should be very fun and exciting, which is not connected to the film that's now being produced and going into production and everything. So a lot of media content. Spanish streamer David, and correct me if I'm not pronouncing this correctly, the Grefg Martinez broke Twitch's record for the most concurrent viewers at once with a whopping 2 million. And then lastly, Sex in the City is being revived on HBO Max because everything is, with all but Samantha returning to join the group and catch up with the characters in their 50s. Now, if you'd like to hear our thoughts on these topics or anything else in Nerd News, feel free to tweet us at Black Nerd Problems with the hashtag TWINN. That was this week in Nerd News. Tune in next week for more pop culture news. Once again, I'm your host, Keith Reed Cleveland. And I'm your host, Mikkel Snyder. Have a good week, folks. <laughs>